applause the eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarty. Now on the weekend that Andy Ruiz Jr. became the World Heavyweight Champion, underdogs Limerick couldn't lay a glove on Cork at Parky Rin on Saturday night. And we'll be asking... Whether the Rebels have any chance in the upcoming Munster final against Kerry. I don't know how I'm going to follow that fantastic <laughs> intro, but um, we'll also reflect on another big win for the Cork ladies over rivals Kerry and ask whether they are the team to beat in this year's championship. Now, Kieran, just referring back to Saturday evening, you were at Parky Ring for the doubleheader, and we're going to focus on the men's game first. First of all, what was the crowd like and how was the atmosphere considering the television event that it was up against in the Champions League final between Liverpool and Spurs, which kicked off about an hour after throwing? There was over 3,000 there, Jack, which is quite a good crowd. Um, it was a doubleheader, the, the, the Cork ladies against Kerry and the Cork men against Limerick. It was a Munster Championship doubleheader, which was fantastic to see. And to get over 3,000 there, great. A big crowd, all things considering. Um Atmosphere wise, it wasn't bad. Entertainment wise, probably better than what was served up in Madrid because, um, by all accounts, and I didn't see it, that was a pretty dull affair. But at least the, the Cork footballers put on a bit of a show. We saw plenty of goals, points, and entertainment. So, while Liverpool left the whole, I suppose, the world of sport down, the Cork footballers made up for it. Well, as we all know, finals are for winning, and Liverpool did just that. But look, we leave the Liverpool bashing for now because obviously I enjoyed. Saturday night's game between Liverpool and Spurs it was one of the better games I've watched all season because it finished with Jordan Henderson lifting the big-eared trophy and Mo Salah singing, dancing Jurgen Klopp being drunk being on the bus what a weekend I could talk about that all day but we've got bigger fish to fry bigger fish to fry today and that is the Cork men it was a good start for Cork early point from Mark Collins as well as two goals from Brian Hurley mm. and, of course, the main man, Rory Dean, pulling the strings, Cairn. Yeah, Cork had a fantastic start, but it has to be mentioned too, in the first attack of the game, Limerick actually hit the post and the crossbar with a shot, so could have been a dream start for Limerick, who were coming into this game after beating Tipperary and Turles in the first round. So who knows what would have happened if, if Limerick had scored that goal, but it turns out they didn't. We, we, we live in a world of what-ifs, but... After that, then Cork just took control, and it was very impressive, Jack. Um, when you consider how what happened to Cork in the league, and we've talked about this before, getting relegated down to Division Three for the first time, um, they took a lot of I think positives from their last couple of games in the league. There was a win against Armagh, and they and they, they they won against Tipperary away, and on the challenge match circuit, they've been going quite well too. There was that kind of I suppose much mentioned now win over Dublin, who are missing a couple of players, and they beat Galway as well. So there was positive vibes from the car camp coming into this game now on Saturday night. I just wanted, before you move on past your comment there about the challenge match circuit, just to use another boxing reference here. There's always there's there, there's been talk in the in the in the boxing media and on boxing Twitter since 
since Anthony Joshua's loss to Andy Ruiz about whether he had been knocked out in sparring. So, mm-hmm. because sparring in boxing would be a similar type thing to the challenge match circuit. So, how much stock do you actually play in the rumours that you hear in the press box about Cork possibly beating Dublin on challenge? It, can you take those things into account the same way they're saying now in, in the world of boxing that maybe AJ wasn't right after being knocked down in sparring? Well, how much stock do you actually place in that kind of stuff? I think for the Cork football team, it is important because confidence is low. Like This, this team has been struggling for a couple of years, so any win is a win. And even Roland McCarthy kind of mentioned it after, and he's kind of he's he's interviews after the game that um, that they've been going well in the in those challenge games as well as the last couple of games in the in the league. So Cork are placing some emphasis on those challenge games, and if it has helped to kind of to get them up to speed and to help fine tune what Roland wants to do, then I think Cork can place as much faith as they want in them because um, it it showed the last day, Jack. Like I said, three seven in the first nineteen minutes, all the Cork forwards had scored by the nineteenth minute. Brian Hurley looked sharp. He got two goals, both set up by Rory Dean. Two goals in 60 seconds, you could almost say. And they were two great finishes, really good finishes. It was it was almost like Brian of old. Um, Brian Hurley's had his hamstring horror injuries these last couple of years. He's missed two, three years of football, you could say. Um, when he should be kind of hitting his peak, he's, he's now just trying to get back to the top form, top speed. He's not there yet. He's not. like There's a, there's a journey there for him to take. But hopefully that was a spark for Brian now. And a definitely a step in the right direction for him. He came off 41, 42 minutes in, and we were looking across from the press box, and you could see Brian putting his hand up, kind of beckoning towards the towards the cork bench. We were like, "Oh Jesus, no! Please, please, not another niggler injury." But it turns out it wasn't. Um, I think Brian kind of manages himself now. He knows when enough is enough. He knows, I suppose, he knows his body better than everyone else, especially what he's been through with his hamstring injuries and they were again he tore and ripped his hamstring off the bone you know kind of which is a pretty serious injury it's kind of it's finished other 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 sports people and when, when you go back to the last game of the league against Armagh Brian came off in that game with a hamstring tear so I think he's been very sensible he's trying to manage his body but it, like for him step in the right direction for the Cork team as a whole step in the right direction and for Rory Dean it was another good performance Jack um, I've said before I thought he was Cork's best player last year he went off early in the Munster final against Kerry last year Parky Cueve got a black card which was very very harsh um, but he was in top form again he started centre forward he set up Brian Hurley's two goals he was essentially the link man for everything good that happened in the game he was yeah, like, like I said set up Brian, Brian Hurley's two goals scored a goal himself could have had another goal in the first half um, he should have passed it he didn't and the chance went to begging um, he set up a couple of points too he was everywhere like he was a He's a key player for, for, the, for the Cork team now. And it's worth pointing out too that Brian Hurley missed the penalty as well in the first half. So Cork could have finished that first half with five goals. Um, it was probably their best performance under Rowan and McCarthy. Uh, just, it sends them into the Munster final now against Kerry in June 22nd. You know, it sends them in. And, and, yeah, but it tails up. And it would have but been I, think, I think it's important to also not, <laughs> not get too carried away mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it was Limerick they've beaten and I, I, I'm not not to take anything away from Limerick they had a fantastic win over Tipperary but that in itself was a massive shock mm-hmm. Limerick beating Tipperary so realistically we probably expected Cork to win this comfortably I know the season hadn't been going well so yeah. we we probably feared the worst that maybe something could go That's wrong true. but deep down you knew the, the shock was unlikely mm-hmm. but then again 
they still the old adage you can only beat what's in front of you and they beat them well and done so in in, in style yeah but like you said there Jack it's a good point and I, I made it on Twitter just after the game on Saturday night that the, you suppose you have to take into perspective what Limerick they were Division 4 team they finished second bottom of Division 4 granted they won away to Tipperary by 7 points and that was a super performance um, but we really have to kind of keep everything in perspective kind of go back to last year Cork beat Tipperary away in a Munster semi-final and they headed into the Munster final with their confidence high and that finished 3-18-2-4 so um, I think there's a warning there for Cork kind of <coughs> Rowan McCarthy and the players they won't get carried away No. even after the game they were saying Jack um, Owen McSweeney and Rory Dean were sent up to the for the media, media interviews and they were both singing off the same hymn sheet knuckle down is coming up refocus reset work hard so they won't get carried away the fans too shouldn't get carried away but that's not going to say that the Kerry media and the Kerry pundits across the county bounds won't get carried away well that's that's where you have a unique take on on, on this particular strand of Kerry, Kerryism Plomossing Hutorism whatever you want to, to call it so I suppose if, just to get your perspective on this cute whoreism, like you, you mentioned to me earlier, I actually haven't heard it, but Ambrose Donovan was on Radio Kerry um, over the weekend. He was saying that Cork are now favourites for the Munster final. I think Pat Spillane was making some similar comments on this Sunday game. And we all know, like this, this is what Kerry, this is what the Kerry media does. This is what ex-Kerry players do. It's just in their makeup to try and get an edge from wherever humanly and physically possible but <laughs> how, how how can anyone realistically have the neck to go out and say these things and keep a straight face I, I don't really know but that's why I want to get your take on how, just <laughs> where does this come from it's it's the art of plumos and it's taught in every national school <laughs> in Kerry when you're going to junior infants um, no, even on the Sunday game on, on, on obviously on Sunday Jack Quinn when Pat Spillane likened some of the Cork playing the first half, Barcelona, like he called it, devastating. It was almost face in the hands, sort of like, oh, Jesus, don't don't start this again, because the world is wise to, to the ways of the, of the, the ex-Kerry pros and the, the Kerry pundits. Um, there is no way in the world, and this is the greatest respect to Cork, that this game is 50-50, this Munster final. Kerry are a Division 1 team that got to the, to the final in, in the league. That beat Cork, Dublin earlier in the season. Yeah. Cork are a team that got relegated from Division 2 and will be playing Division 3 football <laughs> next year. Rele- relegated comfortably as well. It wasn't kind of a... Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they were the turning team that deserved to go down, we'll say. Exactly. So um, just because all of a sudden Cork... Um, Cork well, and they were impressive, to be fair, against a Limerick team, like I said. Yeah, I think it's Division important 4. to take nothing away from an impressive win yeah. over Limerick but as you say it's they're the, Division 4 but, but then because Kerry struggled somewhat against Clare um, in Cusick Park on Saturday night all of a sudden some people would like us to believe that the gap between the two counties has lessened and it's bullshit I'd say it kind of it's nonsense because it hasn't um, the, next, the next couple of weeks will, will be full of this it's just you'll, you'll see Kerry people and you'll hear Kerry people and I know pretty well that people will start to say oh Jesus no 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 kind of no Cork Cork are coming now Cork had a good win and stuff and it, pr- it probably suits the Kerry mindset as well to be going into a game thinking it's a 50-50 mm-hmm. you know um, giving, Cork, giving Cork people the impression because if Cork are coming in as massive underdogs mm-hmm. which, they, which they should be yeah. then like if there is a shock 
Kerry maybe feel worse if they lose. I, yeah, I get that, but like, I see, I, I probably look at you in a way or unique that I can see both sides of the coin from what Kerry are saying on one side of the county bounds to how Cork people I suppose pick it up on, on this side of the county bounds, and it must be fierce and nine for Cork people and Cork fans to hear the nonsense I call it that, that's going to drift across the, the the county bounds over the next couple of weeks because um, like both teams going into this monster final have their different targets. Like I think Cork they need to be competitive. I think yeah. What, what's a good what's a good result in your mind for Cork? Obviously, winning would mm. be the best result, mm-hmm. but we'll speak. In realistic terms, yeah. for for just for a second, how do you think? Realistic is the key word there, Jack. I think um, to to be realistic, considering the gap between the two counties last year and the gap between the, the two counties still, I think if Cork put in a competitive performance, that's a, another step in the right direction. Um, six points, like a six point to nine point defeat, wouldn't be the end of the world. I think, but once it's a good Cork performance, because what's happened over the last couple of years. Cork football teams have been so inconsistent. Um, they play well one game, and the next the next game they won't play well. They play well in one half of a game, and the next half then they won't play well. So for for, the, for this Cork team, to kind of start inching forward and getting back to where they want to be, they've got to knit back to back performances together. I'm not saying knit back back to back wins together, but two good performances. And what, what that will do then, it um it could send Cork into the qualifiers. And they'll be w- one game away from the Super 8s. Obviously, if Cork win the Munster final, they go straight into the Super 8s. But if we're being realistic, Cork would probably go into the final round of the qualifiers and they'll be one win away from getting to the Super 8s. And Cork needs to get to the Super 8s because you're getting three good championship games at a good level, high intensity. And for the development of this team, again, th- that's just what they need. So if Cork can go into the, into the qualifiers off the back of two good performances with confidence high, then I... I I think I think that's that's a good place for them to be. But don't believe whatever a Kerry person will tell you between now and June twenty second. It's laced with plumassing and nonsense. Well, sage advice from our respected sports editor. But anyway, we're gonna leave that there for now. We'll obviously have loads of coverage in the lead up to the Munster final, both in the Southern Star and on the Star Sport Podcast. So keep an eye out for that. But we'll just take a quick break now. And coming up next, we're going to look at the Cork Ladies' impressive win over Kerry. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star, featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one, for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. Now, also on Saturday night at Park E. Rin, the Cork ladies eased past Kerry to reach the TG Cahar Munster Senior Ladies Football Final on a scoreline of 316 to 9 points. Kieran, a bit of a dull affair this one, was it? The Kerry ladies not quite as swashbuckling as their male counterparts. That's been very kind, Jack, to say it like that. No, Kerry set up very, very defensively. Um, Kerry ladies football isn't as strong as it once was so there was a certain inevitability about this game on on Saturday night Cork needed to lose by 24 points I think for them not to not, qualify for the not to qualify for the Munster final um, that was never in doubt like I said Kerry stood up really really defensively and as if Fitzgerald the Cork manager said afterwards it wasn't an attractive match 
I suppose Cork struggled to be fair in, in the first in the opening quarter to, to to break Kerry down. They were a bit sloppy, did a good few wides. But once they did settle in, um Sir Shanoonin got their first goal and Cork led one six to one point at half time and the game was effectively over then. Um we never saw enough of Kerry to even suggest that they could mount any sort of a comeback. Um You mentioned it was uh slow start. The first score of the game didn't come till fifteen minutes in, so obviously were Cork set up defensively as well? No, Cork weren't set up defensively, but they were just sloppy. I think um, they just they took some wrong options. They did a couple of bad wides. They just they weren't patient, you know. And I was talking to Denise Cotter after, and she said they work on under patient build up a lot in training, and they were kind of I suppose disappointed with themselves that they didn't stick to the didn't didn't show that in the game itself. But once they did settle down, um, and once they did get to grips with the carry the defence, Cork were were well in control here and I suppose to be fair to Cork too um, it's probably hard to get up for a game like this when you know you're always guaranteed when you when you know you are guaranteed to be in, in, in the Munster final um, it, it was yeah it, the game petered out in the second half but there were still some good Cork performances um, and again and we've talked about here the, the last couple of weeks and months in this podcast the strength of this Cork panel again especially in the in the forward division off the bench the last day came Levy Coppinger who got a goal Anya Terry O'Sullivan, who got a goal. Ronan Ivukle kicked a couple of points. Laura Mahoney came off the bench. Um, and then Cy Valeri was someone who wasn't even used. And Duran O'Sullivan, the captain, is still out injured at the moment. So Cork have a... a they're spoiled for choice. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that then. So I just want to get your thoughts on this. In the first half, we've, we've mentioned her a good few times on the podcast since we started. But Orla Finn mm-hmm. was Cork's only scorer. And just from reading the reports, I wondered... Is is that a worry? But from what you're saying there, once Cork got to grips, second mm-hmm. half, the scores were spread around a bit more. So there, I was basically the question I wanted to to know the answer to is: Is there any danger that there's an over reliance on Orla Finn, or generally, are would would do you think the team have a good enough spread across the board in terms of scorers? Oh no, hundred percent, Jack. They have a good enough spread. I suppose Orla, she'll always top score because she takes the freeze. And I think the last day, what did she got? She got six frees the last day, so she got three points from play and nine points in total. Um, I think in the league semi final against Dublin, she kicked thirteen points, but twelve of those are from freeze. Yeah, she's deadly from freeze. So um, when you have players like even let's go through the, the starting six forwards the last day, the full forward line: you had Emer Skelly, Sio Shannon, and Orla Finn. Then you had um, Orla Farmer, Kiro Sullivan, and Neil Cotter in the in the half forward line. That that full forward line of Sir Shannon, Orla Finn, and Eber Skelly is deadly. They are really serious players there. And when you consider the players that are to come in as well, like I said, Cork have so many options up front. It's it's even to pick the starting six is a headache for the management team. So it, it leaves Cork in in a good place going forward. Um, they've scored for fun in this Munster Championship, Jack. Yeah, well, you mentioned they've scored for fun as they did on Saturday evening. They also scored for fun in the opening game of the championship when they beat Waterford by 3.22 to 7 points. Now, as a quirk of the championship, they're also going to be playing Waterford in the final. So, is it going to be the procession that we tend to expect or can you see the Dacia ladies putting up much of a fight? Um, I think it's very hard to look past the Cork win here. This final is on, on June 16th. Like you said there, Cork beat them 322 to 7 points already in this championship. Um, there's no way in the world that Waterford can bridge that gap in such a short space of time. Maybe it'll be more competitive in, in the final. Um, 
But Neve Cotter said after that Cork still wanted to work on, they weren't happy with their performance the last day and were heading towards, I suppose, the business end of the championship. Like, Cork's target is the All-Ireland. They were beating All-Ireland finalists last year. They want to win the All-Ireland. So they want to tweak and reform and just, I suppose, get, get themselves as good as they can be before they hit the All-Ireland series because that's where they'll meet the Galways and the Dublins and this. So they need to hit top form then. Um, so, yeah. Waterford would probably put up a better performance. I think Waterford won the Division Two League final this year, and they beat Kerry as well. So, so they are they are a good team, but they're not in Cork's league. Well, then just put your. Um, I'm going to ask you for a prediction here at this point. I ask you a prediction for a prediction during the league as well as to whether or not Cork would go on to win the All Ireland. At that time, you said they have as good a chance as any. But mm-hmm. now I want a more firm answer will Cork be All-Ireland champions come the end of the summer you put me in the spot now um, um, well, you don't have to give me a yes or no but maybe develop the point and will Cork be All-Ireland champions they're in a better place and better position than they were this time last year the squad is a lot stronger Neil Cotter coming back in this year is a big addition Ronan Ivukla has come back in this year she's another addition to the to the to the forward line like we said they're forwards they're well covered in the forwards Um Back line, not so much, I suppose, in terms of cover. Kind of maybe there's, there probably aren't as strong there. Um, but still, Emma Spillane is to come back in to this to this starting team as well. She's missed the last couple of games. Um, Emma is a two-time um, All-Star defender. She won an All-Star, an All-Star each of her first two seasons. She's class. Like she's from Emma's at Bentry Blues, um, from Bentry Blues there, and hopefully she'll be back up to full fitness soon and she'll slot into that that Cork back line. Hannah Looney has been full back in the league. She didn't start the last day. Hannah's a dual player with the Cork Camogie team as well. She'll probably come back into that, that full back line. Um, it's a strong Cork team, but it's a quite young Cork team as well. When you look at the even the Kylies, Emer and Dara Kiley, um, Laura O'Mahony, Claire O'Shea, cornerback. They're a young team. Um, can they win the All-Ireland? Yes, they can. Will they win the All-Ireland? If they beat Dublin, they will. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Cork, ladies, will win the All-Ireland star there is a star but, there's a uh, bit of an asterisk an there, asterisk yeah, yeah. We, 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 we'll allow you the asterisk for now but um, after the Munster final I'll probably ask you for the yes or no so um, tune in for that one now we'll just take a quick break and coming up next we'll preview this week's paper thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And if you're still listening at this stage of the show, you would have noticed we had no guests on this week. But that's not because there wasn't loads of good sport on. It's more because we had a bank holiday and me and Kieran weren't quite as organised as we usually are. We didn't have all day Monday to plan and organise the podcast. But as I said, it doesn't mean there wasn't great sport on across West Cork all weekend. And I'm sure Kieran will be able to tell us just how good all that sport was when he tells us what was it, what's going to be in this week's paper. Um, another, it was a super weekend of sport again, Jack. Um, this week, another 24 pages of the best of West Cork sport. Um, we've two, a two-page special on Conor Horan, um, the man in a moment, after Aston Villa qualified or, or won promotion to the Premier League for next season. 
Connor's going to become West Cork's first ever Premier League footballer. And he'll probably be playing for Ireland on Friday night as well. Exactly, I do your 2020 qualifiers coming up. So what I did, I've, I spoke to uh, Connor's um, friends from Bendon AFC, um, former footballers he played with, his former coach Martin McKenzie with Douglas Hall, just to get a, a real sense of who Connor is and the journey that he's been on since he first laced his boots or bend in AFC um, just go back to when he was, he was just a kid so it's just his journey up through I suppose up, up through the ranks so I think it's a, it's a very interesting read and I think it's very definitive on on Conor Horahan there's information in here that no one's ever ever read before or heard before so it, it really is a good read so for any sports fan and soccer fan in West Cork I'd definitely pick up the, the star on Thursday for that as well, Darren McElhinney, who I've mentioned a lot on this sport no. podcast, he... That's the noise he makes when he runs by. He's, if, if, no. if, if you can see him, he's that fast. He, um, he won an All-Ireland Schools title um, in Tullamore on Saturday, the 1500 um senior title. So that was, he, he's finished his school career now, Jack, and he's won from minor up to senior, he's won everything. It's an incredible... He's an incredible talent. Um, he's sitting, he's leaving cert this week. And just on that note, best look to all junior cert and leaving cert students. Um, 20 years ago since I set my leaving cert jack, so I'm starting to show my age you now. So if people with a calculator can work out how old yeah. I am. 10 years ago since I did mine. Are you making me feel old now? Yeah. Um, as well as that, uh, we have a two-page special on the West Cork Ski and the Skull finals that were on recently. So this week we look at the boys and the mixed finals. And next week we're going to look at the, at the girls' finals as well as that um last week in clannacilty the cork and Kerry under 20s played in an inter-county game here in west cork which was fantastic um it was great to see uh, a cork football team play in west cork there was some crowd out wasn't oh, there yeah, there was a big crowding the stand over there can hold 980 and i think there was maybe 800 or so there kind of that's that's a guess now but 800 or so which is the place was heaving anyway even, by all yeah accounts. so there's there's hope that we will get more um cork games down here this year we if if waterford beat clare in the first round of the Munster under 20 football championship then clan will host cork v waterford that's that's definite but i, I kind of heard the weekend that we might get another another cork game down here um, at a different level later this this summer so we'll keep an eye out on that obviously the cork v limerick um Munster football semi-final is getting big coverage this week so and as well as that geez, I can't forget the, the European Rowing Championships are on the weekend just gone Jack and um, with five Skibbereen rowers out there uh, Denise Walsh and Lydia Heafy finished 12th overall in the lightweight women's double skulls Jake and Fintan McCarthy the twins who we had here in the studio a few weeks back finished 5th in the A final of the men's lightweight double skulls huge result for them and a uh, a kind of an indication that the, the battle for those two places in that lightweight double is going to heat up in the next couple of weeks. And Gary O'Donovan was in the lightweight single and he finished 16th overall. So basically, Jack, um, there's national trials coming up in rowing in a couple of weeks' time. And you have Gary and Paul O'Donovan, one set of, of Skibreen brothers, up against Fintan and Jake McCarthy, another set of Skibreen brothers. The four of them are battling for two seats in the lightweight men's double, which is the only Olympic um, class boat at that weight. So, fierce competition for places. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens and, and what two make the boat in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, fierce interest in there. So, we've all that and a lot, lot more in this week's Southern Star Sports section. 
but there's one person, despite his best efforts, won't make this week's sports section. Can you guess who that is, Jack? Um, I can't guess. No, I'm all ears though. I'm I, I I'm dying to find out who hasn't made the sports section this week. Even though he would love to be in, he would love to be in the sports section, and he does his best to guess. I suppose to show his face in any sporting event or kind of hop on any, t- any bandwagon that, that that's going kind of. Um, so Shane Ross does not appear in the Southern Star Sports section this week. I can guarantee that. So our sales will probably shoot up because of that because he turns up everywhere else. Um, for for those who haven't seen yet or heard that Katie Taylor landed home into Dublin Airport on Tuesday morning with all her belts and the undisputed world champion. And I didn't realise that Sugar Ray Ross, as I saw him, <laughs> as I saw him referred to on Twitter, um, that Sugar Ray Ross was actually fighting too, or it looked like he was obviously. He at least looked like he was her coach. I'm assuming that was his he co- was her coach. It. That was it, was it? Because when when Katie came in, in into the the arrivals hall in Dublin Airport, and all the photographers were waiting there in the national media to catch a glimpse of our of our national hero. Shane Ross was was like a little puppy dog following her around the place, Jack. And I have to say, it was it was pretty pathetic. I, I'm going to say that because even for all the photos, like he's a man that doesn't miss a photo opportunity. Whether it's the Six Nations and he's lifting the the cup, Six Nations Cup, and getting the Carney brothers mixed up, or Katie Taylor landing home today, and he just hanging around her and just would not inch away from her to let them take a photo. It was. It's incredible stuff. He's some Nick, I have to say. If you, if you didn't know who, who he was, like Shane Ross is the Minister for Sport, essentially. That's his title, isn't it? Uh, he's an independent TD, Minister for Sport. And he basically puts himself in every sporting Brashley. celebration, to, yeah. as, as most politicians tend to do. They like to place themselves beside mm-hmm. good news stories. So if you were watching the news and you didn't recognise Shane Ross... You would have assumed it was her coach or her father, not just some random posh politician trying to take all the glory. What it actually reminded me of was when Marty Morrissey or Jura Canning or one of the other RT sport reporters is doing a piece to camera outside Croke Park on All-Ireland Final Day. And you get all the lads from down the country, <laughs> like, like all of us, from down the country in behind Marty, you know, waving at their wives or their cousins or their uncles on television. But this man is not just some random sports fan from down the country. This is the Minister for Sport. Mm-hmm. And just so people are even more aware, professional boxing, which is what Katie was there to celebrate. She had yeah. won professional boxing titles. Professional boxing receives no government funding mm-hmm. whatsoever. But amateur boxing does receive some funding. Yeah. And over the weekend, the Irish junior team... We're out somewhere in deepest, darkest Eastern Europe, you know, nothing glamorous, but brought home a medal haul of like four or five or six medals, you know, mm-hmm. something, a real good achievement yeah. for these young boxers, which is actually government funded, like the Irish boxing team. But Shane Ross, anywhere to be seen at their homecoming, I very much doubt it. He only wants the glitz, the glamour, the, the lights, the cameras, the action. I have to say, like, I was impressed by his footwork because whenever Katie moved to the left to right, he moved in sync with her, so he probably was a boxer in his day. He looks like he's very, he's very, he's very nimble feet. He looked very, very light in his feet. But like you said, Jack, and kind of all these videos emerged as as, as the day went on. It was and embarrassing, wasn't it? it? It was getting worse. Like from every different angle, you're like, oh Jesus! It was, it was cringy. Like you know, kind of. I suppose last week when Chelsea won the the, the Europa League, there was a lot of talk about Rob Green. He's at least on the panel. I was going to say like he's a, he's a third choice goalkeeper, and he was there celebrating mad, and he was getting a bit of stick. 
But this is ten <laughs> times worse. Like he, he literally stole Katie Taylor's moment today when she walked in and showed the nation the belts that she's won. Undisputed world boxing champion. And he stuck to her like a fly on Katie Taylor. It, yeah, it was it was insane. Just um, on the boxing from the weekend, did you did you what what did you make of Andy Ruiz Jr., Mexico's first heavyweight champion, the man who dethroned AJ Anthony Joshua? I think he gives hope to all of us who are out of shape that we can be the best in the world. You know, kind of. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Jack, I'd say he's just. Um, but I suppose when you when you look at Anthony Joshua, he's like an Adonis, just kind of this sculpted body. When you look at Ruiz, um, it looks like a fellow coming after come after going to the, the busy <laughs> restaurant here in Skibbereen after a couple of chicken burgers and a and a big bag of chips. Like, but I but, saw a good I saw a good tweet in relation to his victory over the weekend. It was uh, something I, I can't remember it verbatim. And apologies to the tweeter. <laughs> I don't know who you are or what your name is, but it was something along the lines of I've been inspired by the new heavyweight champion of the world. Instead of going for a run this morning, I had a, sepin- a second helping of sausages. <laughs> so it gives hope to all us normal-looking fellas, Joe, like uh, the people who don't have the six-packs, who don't have the big muscles. You too can be the world heavyweight champion. <laughs> Anyone can. And just before we finish off, actually just unboxing, there's a young boxer from Bantry, Jack Desmond, is fighting in the national finals to, um, this Saturday, I think. Is it June 7th or June 8th? Sorry, this weekend anyway. Jack Desmond from Bantry Boxing Club. Jack has won the six Cork and Munster titles in a row. He won an All-Ireland uh, two years ago as well, so he's called for another All-Ireland. So just, just say, well, we're talking about boxing, and it shows again, I guess, was the variety of West Cork sport. Just best look to all locally who are boxing this weekend and going for national titles. And for, Anyway, again, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. So if you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show.